PHLY Eagles podcast on a Monday afternoon, four o'clock. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman here. Much to talk about as the eight and one Philadelphia Eagles enter the bye, probably without their tight end for some time. But Zach, nice to see you. Nice to see that beautiful posture as always. I missed you. It's great to see you in this in this new five day a week setup. I go two days without seeing you. It seems like an eternity, right? Yeah, so, it feels like it. Uh, it's, I saw you on the screen yesterday. I listened to you on my ride home, uh, watched you this morning, and it's, it's great to be sitting here with you talking about the 7-1 equals going into the bye week. Yes, we have a lot to talk about. We will get into the ramifications of the reported injury for Dallas Goddard that is expected to keep him out for some time. We're going to go over... Some of our extra thoughts from the offense and the defense from a, a nail-biting game yesterday. We'll obviously close with a look at the Goose Wisely and roster drafts. But, Zach, everybody wants to know, are you wearing a red thong today? That's what everyone wants to know? Uh, I, I believe so, yeah. I, I, I was not at the Wolf household, so I did not get a—I I, I don't have one to wear, so no— um, so you I were trying to throw a, th- a, a dig back, but I don't. You're just uh, like my house is full of red thongs. Is the implication there? I mean, you ask it so casually. I am. I imagine a, a red thong, something you're probably familiar with at this point. But uh, do you even know what we're talking about? Did you miss this part of the discourse? I know you follow Mike Garofolo. Of course, you you yeah. know what's going on with the red thong. Don't act like you're not interested. Well, I was wondering last night what you meant by the Matt Leo thing, mm. and then I found out upon rewatching the game what it was about. Uh, so I saw Matt Leo cleared it up. So the word seems to be from Matt Leo on Instagram that, uh, it's, it's performance underwear. Uh, we're not going to give away a free sponsor here, but it's a, 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 a specific brand of underwear. He said it is not a thong, but you know, Josh Sweat, uh, laughed about it online. I look forward to asking Fletcher Cox about it tomorrow. Okay. Two things here. First of all, I, I do want to cry. I said seven and one, they're eight and one, right? My fault there. Just a slight correction. Second. I literally asked you, acting like my house is decorated by red thongs. I literally asked you what we're going to talk about on the show. So I I could be adequately prepared for any conversation. Not once did you mention you were going to do red thongs at the start, at the top of the show. So uh, now. Well, what color thong would you rather wear, Zach? (gasps) Bo, like every show I do with you, I'm flustered within the first 90 seconds, okay? My Don't good. you think that sets up the the emotion of the show, though? Don't you think that's a good way to just set the baseline for what comes later? Potentially, yeah. Okay, I mean, you're I more s- of a classic black thong. I am staying away. I I have no opinion on this. Matt Leo can wear whatever type of undergarments he likes. You can wear whatever type of undergarments you like. And I'd prefer not to discuss undergarments. I, th- I think that's, that's one of those things that's better left undercover, so to speak. 
All right. Fair enough. Well, uh, that was a big report from Mike Garofolo. There's other reports yeah. from NFL Network people. Great tease. Uh, related to the transition. Eagles. Why don't you tell us what's going on with Dallas Goddard? Yeah, Dallas Goddard, uh, f- fractured forearm. Uh, we'll find out more of it. Actually, uh, we were supposed to hear from Nick Sirianni by now, but his press conference got pushed back a bit. Uh, so we it, That so- does seem to happen quite often, doesn't it, Zach? <laughs> It, it does, yeah. I mean, <laughs> frustratingly so, one might say. Yeah. Uh, if you were to have a weekly show and you wanted to schedule your Monday show based on Nick Sirianni's availability, yeah. you might find it frustrating that it continually moves past when it's supposed to go. And now that we're it's at four thirty, we're not even going to be on it. That's yeah, too bad. That's the part that frustrates me the most. Yes. Right? Is is uh, I like to always be asking Nick. Uh, you know, I, I come lock and loaded. Ready, or I shouldn't say that. I, I, I come prepared for a Nick Sirianni sure. press conference and was uh, driving in thinking about what I'm going to ask Nick. Uh, and now I don't have now the we'll opportunity. Never know. To, now yeah. we'll never know. Um, Probably a thong question. That was not actually on, on my list. Uh, but I was going to, you know, uh, so the, f- the, f- the forearm with Dallas Goddard, we all saw the injury happen, lung left sideline, similar to last year, kind of fighting for extra yards. A, uh, another shout-out to NFL Network, like a Kyle Brandt angry run type play that results in, uh, in an injury that will – it could be, you know, you've seen reports anywhere from four to six weeks. Uh, I imagine this is going to require an IR stint. The worst time of the season for this to happen. I suppose a, a decent time in that there's a bye week, a, a, a bye week mixed in. But the fact Better that than the playoffs, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. but you're you're missing games, and you're missing games against the best opponents on your schedule. Uh, I know we'll get into it here. The Eagles did not get much pro- they did not get much production from their tight ends last year when Goddard was out of the lineup. Now he missed five games, and the offense was fine. Like the offense still put up over thirty points a game during that period, but they uh, they they weren't really getting the ball to Jack Stoll. They weren't really getting the ball to Grant Calcaterra. Maybe Albert O changes things. We will see. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it too. But uh, the the uh, the injury to Goddard's significant because uh, for our uh, longtime listeners, you and and for even those who've who've picked us up here in the past few weeks, you know that tight end is the position where the Eagles. It's it's one of the positions where the Eagles were weakest on the depth chart, like after the starters. And we talked during the offseason, were they going to add a tight end? They really didn't, other than, like, Dan Arnold. Uh, so, so, so they didn't add anyone of, like, major consequence. And now they're in a position where that trust that Jalen Hurts has for Jack Stoll is going to be tested. Put to the test. Grant Calcaterra, he's recovering from the concussion. Uh, he made some progress last week. That's going to be put to the test. Uh, Howie Roseman gave up a draft pick to get Albert O. That's going to be put to the test here. So... Realistically, actually, what I think is is, is going to happen is they're going to lean on AJ and Devonte even more. And you wonder if you know Julio Jones, maybe some some of the routes that Dallas Goddard runs from the inside, those could go to Julio Jones, as you said. Julio's coming. We we all are waiting for that big breakout. Well, but, he had a touchdown already, and <clears throat> you know. Yeah, in, but that was after, That was before you said Julio's coming. You uh, said he's coming after the touchdown. Uh, yeah, I mean. Julio is like the the adoration that they have in that locker room for Julio Jones. I did that piece last week yeah. on uh, on AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Uh, I'm sorry, AJ Brown and Julio Jones. And which you can I, read on allphly.com. Which you can read on allphly.com. And I asked AJ Brown about the clip that uh, 
the Eagles put out of Jalen Hurts was mic'd up in the Kelly Green game two weeks ago or three weeks ago now for uh, against the Dolphins, Julio's debut. And he went up to A.J. Brown and he said, you know, I swear on my mama that uh, – swear to God on my mama that when I saw number 11, I thought it was Julio, right? And I asked A.J. about this, and A.J. is like – he was just fanboying, you know. He won't like that I say it, but that's that, that's that's that, that's fine. He was uh, he was fanboying. He he knew it. He knew it was me. He's just like he's he's fanboying Julio. And there's a, I mean Lane Johnson said he fanboys Julio. Like Julio Jones when he walks into that Eagles locker room, it's like Bo Wolf at a podcast convention, right? <laughs> like it is the type of thing where. Uh, it, it, you know what's the expression? Uh, you know what's what's understood doesn't need to be said. That's that's kind of what it is. Okay, that's that's all true and great. It doesn't really <laughs> relate to whether or not he's coming, but <laughs> that's a conversation for a different day. Uh, let's talk about Goddard uh, yeah. a little bit because it sort of feels like he's had less of an impact this year than last year. Um, but the the on off numbers for the offense are are pretty stark here. It's not the hugest sample size. You know, he's played eighty six percent of the snaps this season. Is he just a word? Huh? Is hugest a word? Yeah, I think so. It's not yeah. the hugest sample size. Yeah. Okay. Chat the most in. huge sample yeah, size. I think hugest works. Chris, our outstanding social media uh, guy, chimes in. He says hugest is a word. I, oh, I don't think it is either. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's it for me on the show today, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guess what? It is a word. Maybe you can leave. I'm 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 contracted to do the show. It I'm is here, a word. Man. <laughs> it is not the hugest sample size, but it's something. Dallas Goddard has played 86% of the snaps this season. On those snaps when he is on the field, the Eagles have a 52.4% success rate. 0.14 EPA per dropback and 0.06 EPA per rush. Those would rank if they were over the course of the full season. Third in success rate, sixth in EPA per dropback, and third in EPA per rush. In those 14% of the snaps when he is not on the field, has not been on the field this season, they would rank 32nd in success rate, 27th in EPA per dropback, and 27th in EPA per rush. So there's like there's some selection bias here because some of the times when he's not on the field, they maybe are not trying to be as productive as when he's off the field. But, I mean, the state of the offense, I, I think they've got a lot of work to do. And I think that I would imagine that, like, uh, goal number one for Nick Sirianni over the bye week is going to be how can we make sure that this offense stays functional without Dallas Goddard on the field? Yeah, those those numbers. I'm glad you you brought that up because that explains it. Just his presence requires defensive attention. Uh, he is from my from my view one of the top five tight ends in the NFL. He's really good as a run blocker. Uh, he's dangerous with the ball in his hands. When the Eagles made that, you see, and I've discussed it on this show, when, when he catches the ball with the chance to get yards after the catch, he is dangerous. And the play when he got hurt last night was evidence of that. And the Eagles uh, don't have a tight end who can compensate for his absence. So the offense changes. I agree. The, the, the bye week comes at a good time in this sense that Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson and Kevin Patullo and Jason Michael and you know 
the whole offensive staff, Jess Stoutland, Jamal Singleton, Aaron Moorhead, they're all going to have to kind of put their heads together here and figure out, Alex Tanney, uh, they're, they're going to have to put their heads together and figure out how to make this offense still flow without one of the top tight ends in the league. I also think it is worth discussing that this is a, a continuation of a bit of a trend for Dallas Goddard. He is a player who mm -hmm. has had trouble staying healthy. He has not played a full season since his rookie year when he was a, a part-time player. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I asked him about it this summer, and he kind of like pushed back, saying that all these injuries were independent, right? If, if, and, and this is one, too. You know, if you break your arm, it's not like a, a recurring injury. It's, it's, it's not like Sam Bradford tearing the ACL, right? And he has knee problems. But... He but is it also speaks to his style of play. Speaks to his style of play, and yeah, and and physically, he's he's missing time, and it's. I I, I do think Dallas Goddard is a player, and we'll have ample time to discuss it this offseason, But you you kind of think like long term, do the Eagles start thinking about their future at tight end? Um, and he is, I believe, the age that the Eagles that that Zach Ertz yeah. was when yes. the Eagles drafted him, and so yes, I, I think that that is a a thing that they have to have in the back of their mind. But uh, uh, to the point that I, that I was making earlier, Goddard missed five games last season. In those five games, the Eagles tight ends totaled only 14 catches for 143 yards and one touchdown. Now, I, I recognize the offense changes, right? Like, you're not going to throw the ball to Jack Stoll at the rate that you throw the ball to Dallas Goddard. Uh, so the target distribution is adjusted accordingly. But the per-game average, you're looking at 2.8 catches and 28.6 yards. So all of a sudden, you, you go from saying the offense runs through 11, 6, and 88 to now saying <laughs> – you, you, you did a smile. Did I point in the right direction? I didn't smile. Okay. <laughs> I'm not having any fun right now. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. I'm having a blast. Joy is cracking up here, right? I mean, it's it's, it's always good when you, when you make the producers laugh, right? And uh, I would say that Julia right now has the hugest smile on her face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, good. I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I I think that it it goes from. 11, 6, and 88 to now all of a sudden maybe 11, 6, and 80? I don't know. Or just 11 and 6, right? They uh, have to find something else. Yeah. Now, Quez Watkins at some point is going to be back here. It's mm -hmm. a different dynamic, obviously, sure. to the offense. Zacchaeus had that really nice uh, first down catch in the opening drive of the game yesterday, and then it was like yeah. he went into witness protection after that. Uh, we'll see about Julio Jones. They got, they got to find somebody else who can be a factor in the passing game. Yeah. Or you just throw it to AJ more because that seems to be working, right? He is that good. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, they, got, they got to find somebody else. They AJ can't Brown, by the way, AJ the Brown fastest player to a thousand yards. I mean, it's wild that <laughs> nine nine game in, into the season, it's yeah. insane, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And it, look, if you can throw it to six more too, like I think he'd be happy. And I think uh, I think there'd be a good outcome there. I I know there is a faction of Eagles fans that might say run the ball more uh I don't know how much they, they and we'll and we'll get to it I imagine they, well, they really run a the big, ball a big part of yeah. that as well exactly um and so it's it's not it's not quite that simple I see in the chat Ash says Eagles drafting Brock Bowers they could wish they were drafting Brock Bowers Brock oh, Bowers wow. would There's go nothing Zach loves more than a than a tight end at the top of the draft Brock Bowers is going to go in the top 10 so uh I don't think the Eagles have a shot at Brock Bowers, but uh, there's some other tight ends that we'll be discussing. I think this could be a decent tight end draft, so we'll look into it. Now, you want to know, like, how 
good Zach's memory is, how uh, important it is that he pays attention to people and remembers people. We have a new sponsor on the show today, okay? Uh, we, are, we, we are happy to be partnering with the Pennsylvania Dairy Farmers and Team Chocolate Milk. And I'm going to get to that, but you got to know that we've got Patrick here today. And Patrick walked in and Zach goes, oh, Patrick, what, what, what was it, like 12 years ago that 16. we worked together? 16, 16 years ago? What's yeah. the story here? We in th I was interning at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Patrick was interning at Philly.com. I remember being at Lehigh University uh, where uh, the Eagles had training camp, and we were, we were chatting. He was at St. Joe's at the time. I was at Syracuse at the time. So, yeah, it's great to see Patrick again. It's been a long time. Unbelievable. What a good memory. I, 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 People yeah. make an impression on you. Yeah, that and I think it's yeah I think it's always important to to uh, to remember people remember names remember yeah you know but I mean don't just pretend that like I mean Patrick himself made an impression if if Patrick Absolutely. were any other jabron you might not remember you know yeah that, well yeah no but but I I would like to think I remember everyone but Patrick as well especially yeah. all right well let's let's talk chocolate milk um you know the uh, the original rotisserie fantasy baseball league you know the the, the prize was always a celebratory pouring mm. of chocolate milk over the winner at the end of the season. That's what the winner got. And that's what chocolate milk is about. Chocolate milk is about winners, Zach. Professional and college athletes have known about the power of chocolate milk as a refuel and recover beverage for a long time. Chocolate milk provides high quality protein for muscle repair, electrolytes for hydration and calcium for strong bones. That's why studies consistently show that chocolate milk is an ideal sports recovery beverage. Whether you are recovering after a workout at the gym, a run around Boathouse Row, or a bike on the Schuylkill Trail, chocolate milk is an ideal post-workout beverage. Taking care of your body doesn't end when the clock hits zero on your workout routine. Give your body what it needs to properly recover and make it taste good. What could be better than a scientifically proven recovery beverage made right here in Pennsylvania, that also tastes great. Learn more about how chocolate milk can help you refuel and recover after your next workout by visiting teamchocolatemilk.com. And, and actually, like, I'm not just saying this as a transition. I'm saying this honestly. Uh, this is the absolute truth. When uh, recently I had, a, uh, when I took my, my son to Wheelhouse Cards, we stopped at a, uh, at a, local fast food restaurant, well, at a fast food restaurant that's one of his favorites. I won't mention what it is because you can feel free to advertise here if you would like. Um, but uh, my, uh, as, as Bo knows, I, I always love when I can order something on the app and I don't have to wait in mm. line. Uh, so we ordered on the app and therefore you can customize the uh, children's menu. And my son, my, my daughter wants the apple juice, but my son wants the chocolate milk. Okay, so when we went to Wheelhouse Cards, we had chocolate milk. But the reason why we went to Wheelhouse Cards is because it is the place to be. I mean, if, if you're, not just if you're a kid, if you're of any age, there's, there's things for you. But especially if you love cards, Wheelhouse is, is the go-to sports card gift and apparel shop 
in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of our favorite card brands like Tops, Chrome Baseball, and Mosaic Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food, Starter, and Shy Vintage Sports. I was on Shy Vintage Sports' website the other day. I could just get their stuff at Wheelhouse Cards. Uh, looking to grade your sports card collection, Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family family family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop in to either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester. I went to the one in Wayne. They're open seven days per week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. I follow them on on. Instagram, that's why I found out that Michael Rubin stopped by the other day. Uh, so that was popular among the big uh, among the card community. So make sure you check them out, Wheelhouse Cards. You had to throw that in there. You, you're making me bite my tongue during an ad read. That's, that's not generous. I mean, if, if you're getting like big-time people coming in like that, I think that's a good sign of how good of a store you are. No comment. All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the offense, Zach. Because uh, over the course of the game, productive work from the group by EPA per drive. It was their second best game of the season, but hard to sort of get the taste out of your mouth that those last three drives with the game on the line and a chance mm-hmm. to salt the game away, they go three and out every single time. They have what could have been one of the biggest boners in Eagles history. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's there's no other word choice you could go with there mishaps hugest uh, boners i could have said yeah okay um, proceed and they that got, was soft work for me to laugh they I'm got sorry. a little bit lucky there um what were a day later you know with the yeah. uh, with with the night's sleep to your credit what what were the uh thoughts at the top of your mind about the offense well if emily's watching right now she'll say night's sleep what was that night's sleep uh, went to bed at two, was up at five, so didn't really get. But that's a normal night for you. I mean, I mean, not for a four thirty game. It shouldn't yeah. have been. So, um, but no, to your point, uh, yeah. When I went back and was going through the game, those drives were killer, and that I I wrote this in my story. If it, like that would have been in the story on allphly.com, I should say that that would have been the story from the game. Uh, if, Absolutely. If the Eagles, if if any of those red zone trips that Dallas had, it, it, you know, the, they had those those three red zone trips or four red zone trips, one resulted in a touchdown there down the stretch. If uh, if if those were touchdowns and the Eagles lost that game, the big story and the the topic that would have dominated Nick Sirianni's press conference is how do you go three and out? three times in the fourth quarter. And Nick Sirianni talks often about situational football. Situational football is closing a game. And how many times have the Eagles closed the game with Jalen Hurts taking a knee, closed the game with extended drives? For them to have three consecutive three and outs, and I didn't say this on the postgame pod because I, I or the postgame show because I, I missed Jalen Hurts' press conference. I went back and credit the Jalen Hurts. Credit to Jalen Hurts for being honest here because he talked about repeated mistakes. He talked, you know, and he said, like, the offense didn't get it done there. And that's something that, that, that he was very honest. That's something that must be corrected. You can't have three three and outs when you have a chance to close the game. Well, I mean, this goes to we were talking about this before the show. You know, you, you had the, the thing about how some guys in the locker room were talking about how much they took to heart 
Nick Sirianni's Bob Knight message about the winning team, you know, is the team that makes the fewer mistakes. Yep. I mean, in the final two and a half minutes of this game, the Eagles made like six terrible mistakes. They were, this was not a crisp game. Um, and I know that we are complaining about a team that's eight and one and all oh. that stuff. And, and their, their record is what it's, what, what it says it is. But offensively, you know, the, when the, the one, when they're backed up on the one, you can sort of forgive, right? That's a difficult situation. That second down throw goes behind Zacchaeus, not a great throw. And then from there, you just want to get out a little bit. The second to last drive. I mean, that third and three throw to AJ Brown. I don't know what that call is all about. Sirianni said the thing about how sometimes you get in that situation and the defense is protecting the sticks and so you have an opportunity. That was a bad throw and a bad decision. And like I am I am the guy who is usually saying, like, let's let's throw the ball instead of run the ball. But in that situation with three yards to go and knowing you have the tush push in your back pocket, like you can't you can't get two yards there. And then at the end of the game, um, I didn't love the 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 sequence of that, the final three, three and out. I thought they should have thrown the ball on first or second down, had more of a safe pass, one of those RPOs. But then, I mean, like, if we're talking about getting the details right and execution, I mean, you got a guy running into the ball carrier and knocking him like stone cold, it looked like. I mean, that's as, that's as bad execution as you could possibly have. I'm not disagreeing with you where I would push back, and, I, and, and, we, and we were discussing this in the, uh, in the office here, and I, I said I'll, I'll save it for the show, is the, the quote is about the team that makes the fewer mistakes, and the Eagles made the fewer mistakes, right? Like, I don't like know that's, that I that's what, that. you know, the, I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, the— I think they were the more talented team. I think they were the better team. I don't think that they made fewer mistakes necessarily. Uh, they were, look, the, the Cowboys, um, I mean, they had a costly penalty when they were down at the six-yard line on that final drive, pushes them back to the, or pushes sure. them back to the 11 or the 12. They, uh, they, on the two-point conversion, Dak Prescott steps out of bounds. Like yes. spatial awareness there. The, 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 the game is different if they need a field goal and not a touchdown. Uh, they threw it short of the end zone on a fourth and you know on a fourth and goal at the one. Reed Blankenship makes the stop. Um, they made some of these bad penalties throughout the game. Uh, and like for the, the Eagles also had three fumbles yeah. that they recovered. I'm I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying. A I think the Eagles made fewer mistakes, and, and B I don't agree with that. I thought the defense closed the game. Like the defense made made a few more plays than the Cowboys did. And but that's not the absence of mistakes. That's making it no, play. but I'm saying, but 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 that's part of this is is like, you know, uh, look, the defense was down Bradbury and Slay at at one point on that final drive. They're they're figuring this out. They're they're inventing defenses that well, not inventing defenses, but inventing packaging, you know, personnel groupings as they go. Uh, Slay is sliding over to Lamb on the final plays. There, saying, you know, he's he's telling the coaching staff like. If Lamb goes inside, I'm I'm following him. So the defense made defense made the plays. They they made more plays than Dallas did. So that's where where I I, I push back because I I don't think the Eagles played mistake free football, but I think they they made few, fewer mistakes than Dallas did. I don't think they they made fewer mistakes than Dallas did. I think they made more mistakes, but I think the difference is they are a much more talented team, and I think that is part of the conversation that. Um, like Nick Sirianni sort of wants to make this like a plucky team that gets all the details right. I'm sorry. This is a team that is like the most talented team in the league. 
And they won because they had Josh Sweat who got to go up against Terrence Steele. And Terrence Steele gives up, you know, four of the five sacks. And they're they're like that's why they're so good at the end of the game is because they had this loaded defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and and those guys can all get after the quarterback. And so if you've got Josh Sweat and Jalen Carter and Hassan Reddick and you give them enough chances to get a sack, you know, you're you're hoping that one of them can do it in like pure pass rush situations, right? I don't think that this was like, oh, we we had all our our you know T's crossed and our yeah. eyes dotted like boy did we get this thing done i'm this was like boy do we have a great collection of players on this team yeah so i mean and we could be arguing semantics and I, maybe there's and i'm not saying this is not yeah. coaching because there's there is something to like the uh you know uh fomenting the the belief that like you have guys who are going to do this mm-hmm. and they've done it enough times that there is a self-belief on that team when it comes to, comes like to the, the game on the line. I'm just saying, let's not like pat them on the back for finally putting a game together. They made like 10 mistakes that could have, or arguably should have cost them the game. I'm, I'm just saying you're playing the opponent. You're not playing perfection, right? Like you're, so it's, it's, it's not like this is the, the optimum performance and this is the performance and you're, you're, you're judged based on the optimum performance. You're judged based on the scoreboard. It's the old adage. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to out, out, outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the, your friend, right? And uh, you, you know what I'm talking about here, right? I know what you mean. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, so that's, that's what it is. They, they, made, they, they made fewer mistakes, I thought, than the Cowboys did. I mean, the, the Cowboys had costed penalties. The Cowboys had bad situational, uh, had bad situational awareness. The, the, the Cowboys didn't make enough winning plays, and the Eagles made more winning plays down the stretch. Okay, I mean, we're, we are just arguing semantics yeah. at this point. Um, you wanted to uh, talk a little bit more about Jalen Hurts' performance. Yes. Uh, I think that, and I'm not taking away from the toughness discussion, right? Like, he, he is dealing with something here. We all saw at the end of the first half, like, in the locker room, the Eagles thought Mariota was going to go in, they were saying they thought Mariota was going to go in, into the game when Jalen was down in the sec. Oh, it just at the, the end quarter. of the at the end yeah, of the, the second uh, quarter. Yeah. Okay, exactly. Um, Jalen's playing through an injury. He said the bye can't come at a good right. enough he time. He said selfishly, yeah, exactly. So the narrative after the game is like, man, Jalen hurts is tough. Don't disagree with that. The narrative for me should be, man, Jalen hurts is good because. As a passer, Jalen Hurts made some high-level plays, some high-level decisions. I, th- I said it on the post-game show last night. That pass to Devontae down the left sideline was awesome. Beautiful, um, bro. And I think that for as much conversation as you and I have had and Eagles fans have had over the past two, three years about Jalen Hurts as a passer, I think what you are seeing in recent weeks is Jalen Hurts winning games with his arm? Is Jalen Hurts like the Washington game? And I understand that's not a very good defense that they, that, that the Washington defense that was like statistically Jalen's best passing game of his career against a good Dallas defense that entered the game number three in DVOA that, uh, like you said, wants to get into dime that has one of the best pass rushers in the NFL on their team. Uh, I, th- I thought Jalen made good decisions, put the ball in good spots, and was the winning quarterback in that game. So, like, I, I give Jalen so much credit for that. Yeah, I thought he was really good. I thought Dak was good, too. Um, but, He's always good against the Eagles, Dak. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you did see, like, 
we know that the the running is an issue right now. There yes. were several plays in this game where you know old Jalen Hurts would have turned the corner and, and beaten a guy to the sticks, um, and that just wasn't there. I thought it was telling. Uh, rewatching it, I had forgotten that the play right before he gets hit in the knee at the end of the second quarter, he's in the open field and he gets like crushed yes. in, the, in the middle of his chest, right? And so it was like compounding one hit on another, um, which I think played a little bit of a role in, in why he was uh, down on the ground for so long. But yeah, there were some there were some great throws in this game, some great decisions. I loved the the throw to Dallas Goddard on the fourth down, the second fourth down of the uh, opening drive. Great throw. I liked the throw to Devontae over the middle um, that like was just like a, a P in between the coverage. That was beautiful. Um, it was really really nice. And I I do think that if you were somebody who was worried about like the longevity of Jalen Hurts' career, how much. How how great can he be if he is robbed of his legs? This this season has been kind of like a an unfortunate circumstance, but sort of making you hopeful about like his long term ability as as just a regular quarterback. Great point, and like the the decision making, the, the you know when you're 17 of 23, right? When your passing rating is 130.2, when you don't turn the ball over through the air, right? I I understand there were some handling things there, but um through the air I thought that he uh the you said it well like long term these past few weeks should give you optimism because Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball and he's going to be dangerous as a runner and the running game is going to be better when he does run but to know that you're going to win games and and by the way like I don't I'm I'm, I'm praising Jalen here I don't want to take away from the fact that it helps when you're throwing AJ Brown and Devontae Smith right like this this is this is the reality of it that, um, you know, when I was watching Patrick Mahomes on uh, on yesterday morning and he just doesn't have high level receivers right now. And he's he's trying to make do with the group that he has. And then you watch like how fortunate the Eagles are to have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So that helps. But Jalen's giving them the ability to make plays. And I give him a, a lot of credit for that. The only other thing that I think is worth mentioning is that. I do think that his absence of being a rushing threat right now is affecting the running game. Okay. Um, and I think you sort of started to see the Cowboys playing him differently in this game. And I don't think it's just an offensive line thing right now as why the running game can't get untracked. I think there is a part of it that his defenses are playing them differently now because they're not respecting Jalen as, as a real threat to run the ball. Yeah. And, and we talked about the plus one in the, in the running game. And that's a big part of what the Eagles do. And I, I said it, I, I don't want to keep saying I said it on the show last night, but I, when when we were talking with Jamie about, like, will, will Cam Jurgens fix this this running game? And I said, Jalen Hurts will fix this running game because I think once Jalen starts running the way we know he can, then it opens up a lot of different elements to this offense. All right, Zach. Well, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps and you're set, and the tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never, ever have to dig through your email. 
Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, you know what we didn't talk about on the on the post game show, and it's like this is such a uh, a thing that has become so normalized for the Eagles that like we don't even have to talk about it anymore. But like going for it on fourth down on from their own thirty four on the opening drive of the game, two fourth down conversions on the opening drive. I think it was the first time this season that any team has gone for it on fourth down twice on the opening drive of a game. It's just it is nice to have uh, a coach who who is willing to do that, and I think you know a lot of it is sort of the faith in the tush push and not necessarily like being analytically friendly, but I mean, it's just, it's nice that they, they have that in their bag. It's a little bit of an, an advantage over opponents. You're absolutely right. And, and more teams should. And uh, by the way, the Eagles had what on that opening drive, they had a fourth and three at the 30 something. Um, and they went for, they, 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 they obviously went for it. They converted. Right. They scored the a touchdown. Really nice throw. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Cowboys had a fourth and three in a similar situation, kicked a field goal. Yes. Right? Like that, that and shows punted you punted right on a fourth and eight. Yeah. Yeah. And it was very funny because um, the halftime, I don't know if you were listening to the broadcast at this point, Aaron Andrews. The, the, the Wi-Fi was a little tough in the stadium, mm-hmm. so I couldn't watch my uh, YouTube TV. The uh, Aaron Andrews, like, nugget from Mike McCarthy is that he came, he came back from halftime. He was like, yeah, we need, to, we need to keep being aggressive on fourth down like we have been doing. And that was after he had already punted or kicked a field goal on fourth yeah. and three. Like, what a jabron. Yeah, I, yeah, one of my issues with coaches sometimes is like when they convince themselves of something, that's, that's not actually the case. Um, like, for instance, uh, that you're we disciplined. Are, we're a disciplined, <laughs> mistake-free football team. Yeah. Okay. Um, or we have a superpower yeah. to create turnovers. Well, that part, but and avoid turnovers. Yeah, but the um, no, I, the fourth down aggressiveness is like it befuddles me that teams that more teams don't do this, right? We we see it. Then the numbers are what they are, and uh, you know, I I keep seeing this this tweet like every single week, college football and pro football, that our generation. Um, can make game management decisions better because we grew up playing Madden and and, 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 and whatnot. But, like, it's not far-fetched. You know, sometimes, you know, like, you see the fourth down decision bot. That's that's the math. And how many coaches defy this fourth down decision bot? Like, the, this isn't data that's, that's, like, selectively chosen. This is... <laughs> This is a based on a right. large sample size here. So it, it befuddles me that, that more coaches uh, are not as aggressive as Nick Sirianni on fourth down. Just looking through my notes from uh, the rewatch, the last thing on the offense uh, I wanted to say is I didn't think that Tyler Steen had a particularly great debut. Okay. Um, there were a couple plays where it seemed like he was at fault in the run game and he whiffed on a block in his opening drive. But uh, I didn't th- you know, he, wasn't, he certainly wasn't a disaster. Did uh, you think the- he was better than Sua? I don't know if I have a strong opinion on that. I think it was about the same. Interesting. Um, okay. But I think that they are looking forward to getting Cam Jurgens back. And I'm expecting that to happen af- after the uh, bye. And we should say, just on the mechanics of IR for, for Goddard, in season, actually in the postseason too, IR is, is games, not weeks, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're hoping that the, like the bye would help you escape a missed game for Goddard, that is not the case. So if they think that he's going to be back for the Cowboys game, they wouldn't put him on IR. They would just leave him on the roster for three weeks, right? But 
more likely it sounds like he's probably going to be placed on IR, which would mean he's out for that second Cowboys game. And Bradley Roby's an example of that, by the way. Right. right. Like and, and he has said him. he expects yeah. to be back. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good point. Now the buy helps you in terms of like it's actual time to recover. Right. Right. So if you're looking at a, let's say it's a five six week window where you're going to be out, you you miss one fewer game because of it. But no, you are correct that when you're calculating that. You, you calculate it by games, not weeks. Well, I'm glad you brought up Bradley Roby because we can talk about the defense now mm-hmm. and obviously the middle of the field, an issue yesterday. It does sound like Roby will be back yes. for that, that Chiefs game. Do you think that he will just step in and be the every down nickel? I do. That's, what, that's why he's here. Uh, I think they liked what they saw before the injury. Now, maybe there's like a brief transition here, but look, the reason why you have a 31-year-old, I think he's 31, either 30 or 31. The reason why you have a 30... I wonder if we're going to get, I'm sorry, I wonder if we're going to get just Bradbury locked in on Jason, or on Travis Kelsey in that game. Interesting. You think like the whole training camp, Bradbury in the slot was preparing Maybe. for this? I wouldn't put it past them, right? And they would love to flex that after the game, right? Like, right. like we, this is this is this is what August eighteenth was for, you right, know, right. or August August sixth, I should say, um, or something like. I was trying to pick before the preseason started. Uh, so, no, you're absolutely correct. Um, yeah, Eugene Krabs is Sirianni with the Phillies hoodie. We're doing the show, so we're not on the uh, press conference. It is much a, to our chagrin. Yeah, this is uh. This is tough here. I'm keeping it together as <laughs> best I can right Barely. now. You're bursting at the seams. I'm bursting at, at, at the seams. Nick does Should not we call know. in? Should we get on the Zoom and Nick just does, do it while I'm on the show? <laughs> Nick does not know how badly I want to talk to him. Actually, if Nick knew how badly I, I want to talk to him, he'd be a little spooked out. I think that's probably the case for most people. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is probably the case for most people. That is true. I um, think it would be even creepier for like Ron L. Williams. <laughs> the Nichols coach. Like, yeah. if he knew how badly you wanted to talk to him, he would definitely be a little bit creeped out. You know what, though? Nick has got to be a little bit used to it by now. I actually think it's the opposite. I think someone like that would be like, appreciate, you know, it's like, this person really wants to talk to me, learn about me, right? Like, I think I think it would cross the line. I think it would go like, uh, he would, if you told him you were really excited to talk to him, he, that would, I think that would make him feel good. But if he really knew deep yeah. down inside how badly you wanted to talk to him, I think yeah. that might be a little bit disconcerting. I got some comments from Friday's show, uh, of people who were like, you think Nick's spooked out by like the, the second, third date question, like, like the way you, you framed it. And I, I said, I really appreciate how big of a, PHLY Eagle Show fan you are that you think that Nick is 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 watching this right now. I think he's watching. Yeah. yeah. So I, I but perhaps it it it, it got back to my, I I mean Nick's pretty self aware. I think Nick knows that I I like asking questions. I try to go beyond the surface, right? So yeah. so when I say second or third date question, I mean you're getting questions beyond the surface, not questions I would actually ask. I kind of want to know, date. and I was gonna I was gonna ask him this today. Might as well just say it. Yeah. If, if as long as the important stuff got asked, I want to know like how competitive his kids are about who gets to go uh, on the post game press conference. Like how much of a deal that becomes yeah. in the house. Yeah, because his his daughter hadn't been up there since the playoffs last year, and she was like a little sensation during the playoffs. That's last right. Year. Yeah. So anyway, uh, defense, what jumped out to you? I mean, I, I thought that before we even get to the secondary, um, part of the reason that I was impressed with them being able to come up with that sack uh, at the end of the game is because, I mean, they were, it seemed to me, just completely wiped at the end of that game, especially the, like the, the second to last Cowboys drive. 
Uh, I mean, there were plays where like the guys were just pulling up and not even rushing because they were so exhausted. And that's why you saw Brandon Graham have to make a, you know, a big play on that drive. And then I wonder if there was something too, like, uh, is there a conversation between Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick? Like, I've got a little bit more juice right now. Let me go up against Terrence Steele because he is the guy who they were able to beat all day long. I think he gave up four of the five sacks. Um, it's a, it is like a credit to the roster building that they are that deep on the, on the line. But uh, there was definitely a, a tinge of like they were, they were losing steam at the end there. Like they just barely got over the finish line. Yeah. Uh, so to the point about them, them switching sides, that did come up in, in, in the locker room afterwards uh, because, like, yeah, that sack, that sack did come from it. And something to do with the, where the slot was playing. Um, I, I need to dig into that more, but that's, that's kind of the way they framed it, something they were, like, like mixing around based on the Because they do slot. not usually switch sides. No, they, they do not. Yeah. And I'm sure knowing Hassan, he was, he was probably like, I, I right. want to close against Terrence Steele, yeah, you know? Yeah, um, No, that's, that's, that's a good point. Um, my big takeaway was – and I, I should say this. I know we're talking about the defense, but Nick's call is going on, and he confirmed the Goddard injury. They're hoping that they get Goddard back this season. Uh, according to Martin Frank from the Delaware News Journal, Nick Sirianni said different options for, for replacing Dallas Goddard, not necessarily just three other tight ends on the roster. Uh, he has not said if Goddard's going to go on IR or not. Um, so we'll have more information uh, this this week on allphly.com and on our social media. Uh, to the question uh, about the defense, what's, what stood out, by the way, and this is like on brand for me to say, but Josh Sweat deserves to be discussed among like the top pass rushers in the league. Um, the the bend that he like the ability for him to win around the edge. He wins with speed. He wins with power. He's able to bend around, get that sack. Uh, you don't see a lot of like six five, two hundred and seventy pound edge rushers who can do that. Uh, he is. He is. I couldn't like, believe Dak held onto the ball for when the Jalen mm-hmm. Carter hits that gets that second hit. Yes, Crazy. good point. Good point. Uh, Josh Sweat. Or was that the Brandon Graham one? That might have been the Brandon Graham. Josh one. Sweat, great development. Um, number one, like, and that's a credit to him. It's a credit to the coaching staff. Great contract by the Eagles to get it done when they did. Right, that's looking like a bargain now. I mean, we saw what Montez Sweat got paid. Sure. Uh, this weekend, the Eagles have Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick on like really team friendly deals relative to what the going rate is for edge rushers. And by the way, I imagine in the next like uh, 12 to 16 months, that's going to have to be addressed Probably uh, so. for both those guys. But yeah, that's what stood out to me is, is, you know, we always talk about like uh, the Eagles investing in their, in their pass rush, Eagles investing in their pass rush where you see that more in the fourth quarter than any other time, right? In gotta have it situations this year, that pass rush has <laughs> has come through and and made significant plays. And uh, we talk about Hassan Reddick being a closer. Josh Sweat was the closer last night, but Jalen Carter had a big rush. Brandon Graham, a sack and a half there, right, came alive. So the pass rush comes through late in those games. No doubt about it. Uh, Nicobe Dean left this game mm. with an injury again. Uh, any any sense? I, don't, I mean, I'm sure that yeah. Sirianni hasn't really said anything about that. But um, I thought I, I thought that Nicholas Mora was a little bit more of a um, liability in this game than he had been in in past games. There was a play where he he sort of pulled a Jamon Brown where he was in coverage <laughs> and he was like adjusting his mouthpiece in the middle of the play and gave up a, a catch over the middle. 
I'm ready I love for, how that said Jamon Brown. Yeah. I'm ready for Christian Ellis. Yeah. I've always been ready for Christian Ellis. Let's see it. I think Zach Cunningham has been really, really good. Um, I thought Reed Blankenship was good in this game, but the middle of the field is an issue, and you're going up, you're preparing next for you know a, a Chiefs team that has Travis Kelsey and Andy Reed off the bye is going to be able to you know dial up whatever he wants, it seems like. Um, I'm definitely concerned about that. I don't know that Bradley Roby is going to be you know, the panacea for that. So a few things there. First off, the, the Dean injury, the fact that he was pronounced out right away uh, is ominous, I, I think, for his, his status. We'll, we'll find out more. With the personnel package I want to see the Eagles do more here in this latter part of the season is the three safety package. And now that you have Bayard, and now that Sidney Brown's developing, and I, I, I like Sidney Brown almost the way he was used at, 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 at Illinois in college, where, like, let him fly to the ball. I think he's really good in run support. Um, he's very active. He's quick. He's tough. He's physical. He's smart. I would like to see him play in these three safety packages. Now that you have Bayard and Blankenship. You mean like, like a big dime. So like four, yes. four guys up front, one linebacker, and yes. then six guys behind. So you'd have Bayard still on the field. Exactly. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. Not As like a pseudo yeah, linebacker. Yeah, not right. as a heavy nickel, as a, right. heavy in, as a heavy dime. Right. And I think that gives you more speed. That gives you more coverage. And uh, I, I, I want to see Sidney Brown play more. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, coverage, man-to-man coverage is not his strong suit. No. Um, so far at this stage of his career. But I think you can tell that he is like, he belongs on the field athletically. He's, he's very physical. I like, I am, I am less worried about him being on the field than I might have thought I would be like week one or week two when it seemed like in training camp, he was just going hundred miles an hour in any direction. Um, you know, there was a, there was a, a nice little pop of support for Eli Ricks. He wasn't great yesterday. I mean, it's, you can't really expect him to cover CD lamb for like four seconds, but uh, there's there's some reason to I mean he's a good prospect to keep around right I really don't think good prospect that they need to keep him on the field right now yes um, of those C D Lamb catches yesterday I was going through it in, in the rewatch like almost all of them came from the slot and even the ones that didn't you know he's beaten Darius Slay which is yeah. you know you got to sort of tip your cap like C D Lamb is one of the best receivers in the league you got to give him credit too but when it's him against Sidney Brown one-on-one or Eli Ricks one-on-one or Kevin Byard one-on-one or, you know, Zach Cunningham is in zone coverage. You, you can't expect to win those matchups. No. And, uh, and again, against the Chiefs, and we'll have ample time to, to discuss that. You're not worried about their wide receivers in those situations. You're more, you're more worried about Travis Kelsey. But the Eagles have, have digs the following week, right? And they're going to have Lamb coming up soon. And maybe Debo's back when they play the Niners. Um, so they're going to see a handful of, of of these types of wide receivers, and they already saw Justin Jefferson this year. They already saw Cooper Cup this year. Uh, so, I, uh, yeah, no, you 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 need to know, A, a you need to have confidence in, in your slot situation, but you need to know what happens when the top receiver goes inside. Are you moving Slay inside? Are you just going to say, Slay, you're better than Bradbury this year? You're better than Roby or Sidney Brown or Eli Ricks. Like, you're going to follow the best receiver. Or do you say, we're just going to play what we do and we're going to trust the guys that we have? Mm. Well, FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectible novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season, so they've got overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, Everything you need for a game, and FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. 
Poco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. All right, Zach, let's, uh, let's judge Goose wisely here. Let's judge it. Last week's uh, draft, I entered the week up 5-2, to 25-22 for your... Uh, ju- uh, you want to keep pushing the total points, so we'll see how that goes. Well, we'll get to that in a sec, Julia. This is, this is, it's totally okay. We've got a lot of nonsense going on. Um, I had Tony Pollard outrushes DeAndre Swift. That happened. You had Hassan Reddick out sacks Micah Parsons. That did not happen. What nothing me. I had DeAndre Swift rushes for more yards than Joel Embiid's points plus rebounds plus assists plus blocks plus steals on Saturday. Joel Embiid totaled 41 on there. DeAndre Swift had 43 mm. yards rushing. So I get that even though I would not have... Uh, expected to, given Swift's output. I'm you, like the Vegas odds makers here. That's that terrific. was a great one. Yeah, you nailed yeah. that one. Boom! I Fantastic. Like that. You had DeAndre Swift is not the leading rusher in the game, so you got that two to one. I had Devonte Smith has more receiving yards than AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard combined. It did not happen. You had CD Lamb scores a touchdown with either Sidney Brown or Eli Ricks in coverage on him. Did not happen. I had Micah Parsons records at least a half a sack. That happened. You had Micah Parsons records zero sacks. That did not happen. Three to one. Uh, a golden egg. I had the Cowboys convert a tush push. That did happen despite the uh, challenge from Nick Sirianni. That was the challenge. Okay, yeah. The Sirianni okay. challenge. What did you think of that challenge? I, I liked it. It was a significant play in the game, right? Uh, yeah. Because if... I, yeah. I, I mean, there's like a 2% chance that gets overturned, but yeah. it's probably worth it, I thought. Okay. Uh, so that's a two-pointer for me. Uh, you had... There are more shots of Jerry Jones in his box during the broadcast than there are turnovers in the game. I, I rewatched the uh, the condensed copy, but I don't remember any shots of Jerry Jones. Really? During the game, I got I a text with I, Jerry Jones in it. Does that count? Big flex. Uh, it doesn't count. Um, I don't think that this happened, and there was one turnover in the game. So right now, I'm I'm saying you don't get that unless somebody can show me the turnover, the last play of the game. Last play of the game. Okay. Uh, I don't think that that happened. I had Nolan Smith plays more snaps than Jake Elliott has points. Nolan Smith had nine snaps in this game. Jake Elliott accounted for four points. I get that. You had Nolan Smith plays fewer snaps than A.J. Brown has catches. A.J. had seven catches, so you did not get that. What do you make of Nolan Smith? Well, we're going to play our stock game later this week. I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm doubling down on my Nolan Smith stock. I think, uh, I think I, he has been invisible. Yeah, he hasn't, done, he, he hasn't done enough. I agree with you there. But uh, I think that with more time, with more reps— I'm gambling on that athletic ability, that makeup, uh, and I think he's he's going to start making plays. But I, the fact that they're not playing him, even when Barnett's down, um, it's a little bit concerning. That is concerning. Like the the amount of snaps that Reddick and Sweat are taking, I think it's too many. And you got to start thinking about January and December here. Yeah, I think it was curious that even with Barnett down, he did not play more snaps yesterday. He yes. still only played nine snaps. Yeah, and with like. Guy's totally gassed. Yeah, and Brandon Graham's on like a he's on a pitch count this year. Like they are monitoring his snaps to get him to the end of the year. Yeah, so I thought that that was a little bit of a red flag. Uh, I had Mike McCarthy does something dumb. I'm gonna let you decide whether you thought Mike McCarthy did something dumb in this game. You had that one. I had it for a. a uh, this yeah. is a golden egg. This is a two pointer. Yeah, so then he didn't. Nah. <laughs> no, okay. I'm kidding. There goes journalistic <laughs> integrity. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, I, th- I think Mike McCarthy did did. Uh, I thought the uh, yeah. worst thing he did was was uh, their lack of tempo 
in that yeah. second to last drive. Like they okay. let so much time go off the clock when they knew they had three timeouts. That was a that was a bad job. Yeah, I I thought the uh, the kick in the field goal on that fourth and three was dumb. So you get the mm. two points there. I if. I, well, you, I, I, mean, got, I mean, what are you without your integrity? So. You get two points for Fletcher Cox as a TFL or a sack, so mm-hmm. that's a good job by you. And Fletcher Cox will be on our show tomorrow, so make sure you Fletcher check Cox that out. Cox will be on our show tomorrow, as will Brian Baldinger. Yes. And then, um, listen, I, I know that Daniz has a bit of a, uh, a beef with me because I forgot to mow a culpa the thing about the roster mechanics of the jersey change for Kevin Byard and Mario Goodrich. I believe he was the first one to point that out on Twitter. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's no excuse to get this wrong, though, Danez. I know that, that you care about the integrity of, of the game, Goose Wisely. I am the one who had the Cowboys gain more yards than their season average. Zach is the one who had the Eagles score more points than their season average, which is 28. So they did not do that. They got it right on the number. I did get the yards for the Cowboys, so that's so another win. win for me. So it's 7-3 it's to three without McCarthy. Seven to five if there were two Jerry Jones shots, and nine to five or nine to three if I get McCarthy. So you get McCarthy. It's nine to three, convincing win for you. Convincing I, I need to go back over the buy, study the film. Um, you know, I, I I'm gonna be sitting there with Emily this weekend, and she's gonna be like, "Why are you watching old uh, PHLY episodes?" And I'm gonna be saying, "I need to improve my my goose wisely here, yeah, because typically I'm trying to improve either my points, like not my points in goose wisely, the points that I make." Okay or in particular my delivery. And this time I'm actually going to be studying my rock, paper, scissors, shoot, and I'm going to be this, and my goose wisely. Are All right, going to be let's, t- let's take a look now at the rosters um, from last week's draft. I had the Eagles quarterback, the Eagles running back, the rest of the Cowboys offense, and the Eagles front four and back five, but the Cowboys linebackers. You had... Dak and Pollard and the Eagles offense and uh, this uh, is a tough one. I don't really know how to. This was how a to clear parse win by me. What? How do you set? How do you? How do you figure? I mean, Dak was special. You just spent like ten minutes talking about yeah. how Jalen Hurts was the winning quarterback. Yeah, how but, that mattered. Yeah, but he was Dak the, was, he was the winning quarterback. So okay, if, wait, I have, wait, if, if you're going to care so much here. about quarterback wins, then okay. I think I should get the quarterback so, win. So Tony Pollard outran. Uh, uh, DeAndre Swift. Thanks to the Cowboys offensive line. Okay, No, no, wait a second here. Um, C.D. Lamb right, outgained A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Devante okay, Smith Okay, so you got the wide receivers. Uh, and, uh, and you had the Eagles linebacker, so it's the same wait, matchup. Here you go. So, uh, I, I, well, Goddard was on pace for a strong game. Um, you know, your boy Luke Schoonover didn't get into the end zone. I, I know uh, <laughs> that uh, Jake Ferguson did play decently. And I, I like a Jake Ferguson. I don't know why Dallas spent that second-round pick on, uh, on Big Luke. Um, the O-line, you went on about how Terrence Steele was taken advantage of. I got these Eagles tackles, okay? I got the Eagles interior O-line. So, uh, boom, okay, I'm stronger on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, all right, the Eagles pass rush did well. I give them credit for that. But the Cowboys— Yeah, let's, let's look, bring George this back. Armstrong. Let's bring this back to journalistic integrity, and let's, let's rewind to the, to the last two segments. When your number one takeaway from the offense— was Jalen Hurts is playing at an elite level and he's the winning quarterback. And your number one takeaway from the defense is Josh Sweat should be in the conversation for the best edge rushers in the league. And I have them both. 
Well, we're not the D. Your number one takeaways. I got them uh, both. We're not the DLLS cowboy show here. Like, <laughs> if if we're doing a cowboy show today, <laughs> I'm talking about the performance Dak Prescott had. You're not it, whining about the refs like everybody else who seems uh, to be. No, doing that? I never whine about refs. Like, no, definitely not. I some bizarre sour grapes from, from yeah. Cowboys I, I think media. like there's there are enough calls over the course of a game that 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 stuff even it's, evens itself out. We'll leave it up to the chat. I see here Arthur Arthur Smith. Uh, Arthur Bo Wolfsmith says ZB dub. Okay. Santiago says Bo wins. Uh, was that Conan above Santiago that says ZB wins? Yeah, Conan's, uh, I mean, Conan knows. And Conan's a minion, by the way. For him to say that I won uh, when he he worships at the altar of Bo Wolf, uh, that to me speaks very, look, Arthur says ZB needs a draft attorney. Yeah, I, trust me. I, I clearly I'm well won. aware here. Um, if, Look, this is what's going to happen. Bo's going to announce himself the winner. I'm going to look at the clock. I'm going to say it's 5 o'clock. We're doing an, another show in, like, uh, what, 16 hours or, you know, a, a little more than that, 18 hours from now. Um, I'm not going to fight you. You're just going to say you won. I'm going to say, okay. I'm eager to tweet out this Dallas Goddard information that Nick Sirianni said 30 minutes ago. Um, You're going to call Nick and apologize for missing the press conference? Uh, maybe email. Or <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to bother him when he's with his family, right? <laughs> but uh yeah no i i i yeah, it always pains me when i miss something but uh there's nowhere i'd rather be than right here right now you just wish it was at a different time yes <laughs> <laughs> well no i i mean if i'm being candid here and i should be honest i i wish it was at the time that it was scheduled no. right no, that's right yeah i so that's that's the way i i that's another reason why that's, I'd be only, that's only because you're a man of integrity well I, I i'd be such a bad head coach because like i feel like coaches need to keep people waiting <laughs> and, yeah. and i have a hard time keeping people waiting so uh, actually i'd be like tom coughlin and uh five minutes early and I'd say, I'd say, where is everybody? Right, I'm here. So, Coughlin time. I think you, can, you could be better than Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin's won two Super Bowls. I mean, let's let's pay some respect to Tom Coughlin here. First, the first NFL coach I covered. I thought you didn't you like on a full time, but like as a, a, as, a, as a beat writer. Yeah. Okay. First NFL coach I covered as a beat writer, uh, and went up to at Albany, introduced myself. He, he was really kind of like confused why I was so eager. <laughs> you know, I, I went up after a press conference, stuck my hand out, looked him straight in the eyes, and yeah. But he had a better or worse or less weirded out reaction than Eli Manning when he did the same thing. Uh, I think Tom was 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 more like I'm just trying to get on with my day here. Like Eli was. <laughs> It's just like, well, simmer, you know. He was like Ronald Williams. He was. <laughs> Eli was like simmer, Zach. Zach, no, no. Eli was actually very friendly, and so was Tom Coughlin. I, I really enjoyed my time covering the Giants. Classy Ooh. bunch of guys over there. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. Back tomorrow at eleven o'clock, we've got Fletcher Cox and Brian Baldinger. What a jam-packed show as we enter the bye week. We've got shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week. So lots to talk about, and we look forward to doing it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching. For Julia and Zach, I'm Bo. We wish you the hugest of good nights, and as always, we love you. We all silly like the mayor. 